Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the Magician card. And uh, Jamie, what order are we going in? We're going to talk about what it is, what we like about it, and then talk about our favorite Magician card in our in the decks that we have. Yeah, um, I believe that's what we did with the Fool. Yeah, episode, we should so. you know, be consistent and shit. Yeah. So, um, the magician card is the the number one. It's numbered one in the tarot. Um, it is uh, traditionally a fella um, standing behind a table that has the other magical symbols that show up in the tarot on it. So the cup, the wand, um, the pentacle, and the sword. And he's holding a wand, a small smaller wand in his left hand, and is pointing his finger down to the ground. And he's got like just found this out last year. He has a snake for a belt, which is an Ouroboros, which means like no beginning, no end. And then he also has the um, that thinger over his head, the lemon skate. Sure, over his head, um, the eternity symbol, which kind of uh, doubles down on that. And it's about manifestation, you know. Um, one of the things that I love most about the magician card is that he does have all of these tools in front of him, and he's not touching them. And it's like, um, when I see the magician, I think about stage magicians and how they practice and practice and practice and practice and you never see any of that. And then they get out on stage and they blow your socks off. And that's the level of mastery with manifestation that the magician in the tarot has. So what do you think, Hill? I agree with all of that, but I never realized that the magician card wasn't touching his tools until you just said that. So that's really interesting along the lines of not realizing that the belt was a snake. Uh, yeah. I found that out because of uh, Teresa Reed's excellent, the tarot coloring book Same. where you don't, you don't realize the symbols that are on each and every one of these cards until you color them in and then you realize oh crap that's a snake there that i didn't notice that or i never noticed that the rose on the death card so excellent book if you guys want to pick that up highly recommend um i just love the magician card because he's flexible he can have a trickster energy about him as well but remembering that the trickster energy usually has lessons within the trickery so you can't really fault the magician for coming to you in that guise and i also think about the phrase starting before you're ready because those tools are really fantastic that the magician has but notice he's not touching them all he really needs is himself to be able to be the conduit the battery to get whatever he needs to do done so he's got that swagger if he, he does he really does jamie what do you think the Magician is one of my favorite because I love the idea of manifesting one's reality, which is what I tend to see in the Magician card when it comes up in a lot of readings is people going for their dreams. They're going, they're putting in the work. They're actively doing and working on the goal or the thing or that they want to do. So for me, he's got the magic. He's got the power. He's got that force behind him to actually do what he wants and how he wants to bring it in. And I like 
the cards that kind of the images that subvert the magician in a way, whether it is a old take on like pulling a rabbit out of the hat or putting a woman on the card as well, because your reality can be whatever this magician is. You know, it's, it's the one that has all the, the power, the one that has all the knowing, the one that is able to make the reality change and confirm with what they want to do, which is kind of one of the definitions of magic. Yeah, and I saw this really cool thing um, that said that the if the if the magician is the masculine prototype of manifestation, then the high priestess is its opposite in the in embracing the divine feminine part of manifestation. And I think it's really interesting that for me, the high priestess is all about that internal energy, like using your intuition and your psychic energy and all of that jazz. And it's got all of that water, right? And water is all emotion. And then, um, but there's a curtain because fuck you, you can't get to it until she says you can't. Um, but the magician, everything is external. He's putting on a show, you know? And so you have that external show of force and manifestation versus the high priestess who has that internal power where she literally just has to look up from her little scroll and go, what the fuck do you want? Excuse me. <laughs> you better have a good question for me because I was reading, right? So I thought that was a really cool um, comparison. Have you found to, um, when you're looking at the fool's journey, uh, the magician card showing up as a teacher or a mentor entering a client's life or entering your life? I, you know, it's funny because when I think about it, most of the time when the magician shows up in a reading for me, when I'm working with a client, what I get is time to shine. You know how to do this, you know, and it comes up as kind of a, stop doubting yourself stop thinking that you're what is that the fraud police in your head are going you suck you can't do this and i see the magician showing up as as a way to say that you are the teacher now you can do this now like handing you that wand and saying show me what you got but i i think the hierophant generally shows up for me in readings as find somebody smarter than you because it ain't you you know <laughs> Yeah, no, I can see that. I know that for Tarot Inspired Life, the book that I wrote and published at the beginning Available of the year. Available with Llewellyn Publications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shameless plug there. Um, I, was, I wrote a partial of The Fool's Journey and how The Fool meets each of the other arcana. And I believe that, yeah, um, in that description, I did say that The Fool physically meets the magician and the magician teaches The Fool how to use the tools that are found in the Napsatak. Or the one that he's carrying all of his possessions with. So I can see both sides. Because to me, it's the power within you. You know, yeah. whenever I get the magician, I'm like, that's me, baby. I want to fucking manifest everything. You know, I want, you know, book the second. I want my cat's, you know, um, health Your issues. Your clearly agrees with you. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> and, you know, I just fed her. So I know it can't be food that she needs because I just manifested a bowl for her. But yeah, you know, it's it's both the power within us. And sometimes it's that, I think, the acknowledgement of looking for the magician, whether it is the stage type of magician. Of right. How can I kind of be more glam about doing this and kind of showy or how can I use the tools that are on the table or what are those tools and how can they be used? Right. I think that that showmanship is important. And by the way, Hillary, we just group all the readings that I have from now on that have the magician in them because I'm going to be like, wait, is it this? Could it be? You're welcome. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> but um, I, I think that showmanship is a huge part of it because there's, uh, I can't remember if it's the vice versa tarot where it shows like, 
the scene the that you the scenes. yeah behind the scenes picture and it shows the magician like facing a group of people watching him perform and i think that's such a huge part of what that card entails is that <clears throat> like it, in tarot reading i didn't start teaching tarot until like 15 years ago and i'd already been reading for 15 years at that point and it wasn't until i got yelled at by our dear friend Teresa reed um the fuck aren't you teaching yet you know what you're doing that i could actually put myself in the magician's role and say okay i i do know some stuff right and have that confidence and i think that showmanship is a huge part of confidence that not only am i going to do it but i'm going to do it well and like it's kind of like a glamour like that fake it till you make it magic right where um you do it and then you do well so you know you're going to do well next time and it just builds on itself and i think that's a big part of the magician I also agree. charisma charisma yeah man you gotta you gotta have some kind of front front man energy when you're the magician uh otherwise it doesn't work like you why can't be would the anyone, bass player right and why would anyone be paying attention to you if you didn't have um a force about you a life force uh, a charisma a charm so Sorry, Jamie, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that I've been teaching for so many years, and yet the one type of class I've never taught was how to read tarot, like a one-on-one -on -one class. I've done it mentoring for people, but I've never actually taught, you know, a mass group of people how to go through each card because I'm not certain how do you teach that yet. I mean, I teach techniques, I teach spreads, I teach rituals, but... but like maybe the, that's not your jam because I don't teach rituals. And I know both of all y'all do. And, but when I, when I teach a tarot one-on-one class, I literally have people sit down, shut up and listen. And I literally go through every single card in the deck and it takes me two hours exactly to do it. And, uh, and that's my favorite thing in the world, you know, but I can't do what you do. So we each manifest the magician in different ways. Uh -huh. Look how I did that. Turn it all around. <laughs> And no, just <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so, Jamie, what is your favorite magician that you've seen show up in a tarot deck? I'd have to say that out of all the decks that I've done um, and used and have in my collection, I like the Triple Goddess Tarot, the one that I created, because I put elements of all the magicians that I liked or think I liked into that card. I love so, that. I've got, so I turned it on the head because again, the triple goddess is kind of more of a feminine thing. And in, in that deck, the magician is the maiden card. It's card number one. So to me, it, the magician or slash maiden is a learner. She's somebody that's still using and learning how to use all those tools on her table. So in this case, she's got stacks of books. I think I've got five, at least four of them on the card, but I wanted each stack to be like one of the elements. So she's been like reading all these books. And then instead of using um, the tools, because there's each one of the symbols in front of the stacks, she's using her power, her will, life force to manifest like bubbles, to make things come out to practice and to hone that um, talent that she's got within her. So that's kind of how I saw the idea of doing a triple goddess with the maiden as the fool, or I mean, as the magician. I'm looking at it right now. It's so beautiful. And I love that they're unbalanced, like the bubbles that she has in her hands, mm -hmm. one's bigger and one's smaller. And she's trying to figure that out. 
I need to start using this deck more. I have it like I have a special shelf with my special decks, you know, because this was signed by, I don't know if you know, Jamie Alford made this deck. Um, and I, I need to get it out of its special little enclave so I can use it more. But yeah, that's very cool. Even though I created that deck, it still surprises me on occasion because I'll use it for a lot of readings and then I'll put it away and I do a one month survey of my other decks and then I'll come back to them and be like, dang, this is actually really good. You know, I, I did this. <laughs> That's the best. Gee, I knew what I was doing. That's how you can tell it's a good deck when you're just like, holy crap, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've done that. The one that always gets me is the Sasura Ibido deck that I've been using quite a bit lately. And every time I use it, I'm like, God, that's a really good card. You know, it's just, I love decks like that because they, they work for you and with you. So what do you like, Hillary? What's your favorite? I think I really like the Darkana Tarot, which was a Kickstarter deck um, created by Dan Donch, I think. I, I think that's his name. Yeah, Dan Donch um, slash Jandon Hale. And it has this magician card. Um, it has keywords on it, which normally I'm not a big fan of, but there's only like two keywords at the bar bottom. So they're very like subtle. You don't have to focus on them. Um, the keywords of skill and talent are underneath the magician. And he's got like a tap hat on and he's holding a deck of cards and um, a pentacle is on the backs of the cards. But it looks like instead of the um, the four elements on the table, it's the four elements represented on the backs of the cards of the deck that he's holding. So you're seeing like the pentacle, the cup, the sword, and the wand on the backs of those cards. And he looks like he's in a suit, like a tuxedo suit. So it looks like he is a stage magician, uh, very similar to what we were talking about before. And it is primarily like a black and white and gray's deck, which I'm normally like not down with, but for some reason that deck gives really great readings and it doesn't pull any punches either. But I just liked that magician card. I thought it was very unusual, but still in the spirit of the tarot. What about you, Melissa? Um, I love that one, by the way, and I'm mad that I didn't get to see it and I don't have the deck. So thank you for that. Too. You can buy it on Game <laughs> Crafter, I believe. So my favorite, um, and it's a new deck. Uh, it's actually, I've been, there's this um, company called Liminal 11. And they put out the Luna Soul Tarot a couple of years ago, and I was hooked immediately. And then they kept advertising for this modern witch tarot, and I kept seeing this beautiful young girl with Afro puffs um, wearing like a shorty dress and a robe and absolute confidence on her face. And I loved it so much because not only is it a person of color, but as a young girl of color, like as the magician, and it it's just so goddamn empowering. Like she's wearing fucking hoop earrings and looking straight at right the camera. And that level of confidence is, first of all, I love seeing a black woman in that position of confidence and power, but it also, I think the magician kind of sets the tone for the major arcana, um, whether it's going to be a kind of in your face deck or whether it's going to be, you know, um, more modest or whatever. And she, this is just action. This is just watch me, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat, you know? And it's just gorgeous. And I love that, like, I don't know if we talked about this before, but when I wrote Kitchen Table Tarot, um, it was not even, it was like 2017, right? It came out. Mm -hmm. So I wrote it 2015 to 2016. <clears throat> and there were so few decks with people of color in them. 
that I had a list of maybe 10 decks and most of them did not follow the Rider Waite Smith tradition. So I was like, Hey, everybody just grab an old straight white people deck and learn that and then find another deck that represents you. And with this tarot deck now, and with the others like it, like um, that this might hurt tarot and the melanated tarot where that are all in the Rider Waite Smith tradition you don't have to do that anymore. Like you don't have to just go, well, I guess I'll study this one and then find one that looks like me or has people in my community on it. And I, I just love it so goddamn much. It makes me really happy. So that one is my favorite. Um, and <clears throat> the other one I mentioned, this might hurt tarot has like a non-gender binary folk on it. Who's got like a top hat and, or no, a top knot. And they're, just beautiful and again it's that it's that confidence it's a young person it's a person of color like i think that's so impactful in tarot and someone asked me they're like well i mean you know symbolism is okay and you can use the other ones right and i was like it does, it's seeing your face in a deck that's power you know yeah, that's, seeing your, there's no substitute for that really no. I mean, yes, i i show up like if i were to pick a significator it would be the king of swords who is a straight presumably cis male i'm not straight i'm not cis and i'm not well and i'm not male i am cis but i'm not male and so but i can do the king of swords that's fine but i would rather like have i think in, in the this might hurt the the um uh the chariot is a a kind of butchy woman riding a motorcycle and I'm like, that's me. That's me. Got all excited when I saw my face in a tarot deck. You know, it's I think it's it's really powerful because these are supposed to be intimate tools that we can pull into our lives, not stuff that we have to translate from tradition to make work for us. Or even the old fashioned images. I mean yeah. I, I like a good Renaissance fair and bringing those style cards to a Renaissance fair mm -hmm. for readings. But when I do ritual and magic I use like um, Joanna Powell Colbert's Guy and Tarot because that was a Pacific so Northwest made deck. You know, that honors people that I actually have known on that deck. Mm -hmm. It honors culture. It honors places here in the Pac Northwest. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's an important part of the location and the history and my, my, my peoples, you know, in a way. So it is. It is so important to see yourself. It's so important to see your, your group, your, your tribe, whatever you want to call it, your family, your family. It's nothing beats having that feeling in there. So wrapping this up, Hillary, tell me something, and I'm springing this on you because I think we've established earlier today that I'm feeling like an asshole. Um, <laughs> tell me something that the magician has taught you, whether reading for yourself or other people. Uh, again, that phrase, start before you're ready and the, and knocking imposter syndrome to the curb and telling it to go fuck itself. I, I find that to be the biggest message when the magician card comes up for me and for my clients. It's just like, just get out of your own way and do the thing. Like you can't, you can't continue to like, you're going to psych yourself out of this. So it's time to get out of your own way and tell the imposter syndrome, bye-bye, and just do the thing because all you really need, like the tools, using the right tools are always nice and it usually eases the way a little bit, but the only tool you really need when you see the magician card is yourself. Nice. All right, Jamie, your turn. Lesson? Ah, to be unapologetic. Yes. Mm. Because when you are 
imbibing all this wonderful power that Hillary has just described, you can't, you can't just say, oh, that's just me when I'm on stage. It's, it's something I'm trying to do all the time is be me, be authentically myself all the time. And that means occasion for me, occasional cussing, occasional, uh, screw upping, you know, here and there, but I, it's, I'm doing it because that's me in the moment. It is me being unapologetically me. It's me being authentic. It's me trying to bring the image that I have that I uh, set up in my head out into the manifest reality. You know, it's like Stephen Covey says, start with the end in mind. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to have that image first before you can bring it out into the world. Before you can walk up to that table and say, I don't need these tools. Watch me. Yeah, it's all it's all manifested by you. So be unapologetically you be authentic. Yay. Um, and since I sprung it on you, I have to do it too. Um, I think that whenever I see the magician, particularly when I'm reading for other people, because I don't read for myself that often, I let you guys read for me because you yell at me and I love you. Um, <laughs> but when I read for other people, I look at them and go, what the fuck are you doing? Go, go. It's time. Get the new job. Start a thing. I don't care if you, like, like Hillary said, I don't care if you're ready. Just do it. It's time. It's time. It's time. Because I think that people can sit on their potential past an expiration date. We're like, gosh, I'd really want to write a book one day. Fucking write it. I want to see it. I want to read it. Just do it, do it, do it. And it's going to suck, but then you can edit it and it won't suck as bad, right? But it's just the getting it out, I think it's so important. So whenever I see that, the lesson that I, that I hear from the magician is, show me what you got, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> folks so yeah so that's we're gonna wrap this up um this has been the magician with jamie alford and hillary perry haggerty and me melissa sedova thank you for joining us um i don't know what we're going to talk about next time but it's going to be awesome so how's that for a lead out lead out that's the thing anyway bye outro Outro? yeah that's a thing bye Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.